So, yeah, in my pursuit of having less stuff, I decided to clean out, uh, go through all my clothes over the weekend. Sounds so, like a reasonable plan. Yeah, so I I gave away, like, five bags of pants and shorts and shirts and stuff. And, uh, you know, most of it was, you know, stuff I didn't wear. Some of it, Some of the shirts were actually new. And, you know, other things that, you know, were too small... Or, you know, uh, some of the stuff was so beaten up I decided to throw out. And, like, one one shirt I had, I had for over, like, ten years. It, it was a red sleeveless shirt that was, like, all torn and raggedy and had holes. I think I remember that one. Yeah. I believe I had it out in Newmont. But, uh, anyways. Um, so, yeah, if I decide to lose weight, you know, there's this thing called Walmart. It's open 24-7. They have pants. No, it's not. The The one near me is. Um, and you know what? I might just get so excited, I might just ship my pants. This is Control Structure, episode 32, Laser Shooting Dinosaurs, for June 25th, 2013, with hosts Andrew Bailey and Christopher Thompson, and now they're downtown where the Stillers are at. So, big week? Oh, very big week. I met a girl. Oh. Yes, an actual female girl. Uh, I didn't realize that there are any other kinds. Come on, we're computer, ge- we're, we're, we're computer geeks and we're gamers, so we could easily make an Android girl. Well, I'm pretty sure Android has girls using it. Tons of them, in fact. Okay, as Never mind. A robot girl. Hmm. Then again, anyway. Would... Yeah. So you gonna marry it... her? Yeah, it's only been a week, and I still have yet to meet her. So, but I'll I'll oh, be meeting her next suck. week. Huh? You suck. Well, the problem is she lives three hours away. Dude, that's how far away my parents live. Yes, and how often do you go visit your parents? Like, I don't know, once every couple months? Exactly! <laughs> so, in other words, you treat your future, this girlfriend of yours, like I treat my parents. No. I'm just saying, compared to how long you have known your parents and how long I have known her, you have no right to get on my case. <sighs> oh well. <laughs> so... Hey, during, uh, when I was going through all my shirts, I r- realized that, uh, I think it was maybe about two years ago, I had bought a couple of shirts, uh, some Fallout-themed shirts, so I've been Ooh. wearing, so I've been wearing my Nuka-Cola shirt for the past two days. Ew. What? Just says Nuka-Cola on it, there's nothing ew about that. Two days. You've been wearing it for two days. So, I wear my pants for, like, a week. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, I mean, I kind of ship them. Yep. <laughs> Who do you use? UPS, FedEx, Kmart? Um, see, I haven't bought any pants at Kmart for a while. But anyways, that, that reminded me that, uh, hey, I want to, you know, let's, you know, check out uh, Fallout New Vegas again. And then I realized that, uh, oh, like I bought the DLC for this a while back, but I forgot about it. So, <laughs> so yes, I, I will be trying to play the only game that Squirrel has for his 360. <laughs> Wait, he has a 360 and this is the only game he has bought? Yeah, except I bought the PC version. Huh. Well, cool. Yep. So, hey, how about that Kickstarter? Well, it's not really a Kickstarter. It's the truth behind Kickstarter's fundraising stats. Ooh, I bet this is kind of interesting. Yep. So, I would recommend opening it, skip all of the wordings after I was wrong. <laughs> we, we read the start of it and then scroll all the way down to the very bottom where there's nice easy pictures. The infographics. Nice. <clears throat> so, apparently when you fail on a Kickstarter it fails big. So, yep. apparently 9 out of 10 failed projects did not even reach 30% of their goal. Whereas 97% didn't even reach 50% of their goal. So, but yours were, yours was actually cancelled, so I'm not sure if it would even count. It, it, it would not, because it was cancelled. Yeah. So, but when a Kickstarter succeeds, it's only by a small amount. Apparently, uh, two out of four, so that's like half, only raised 10% over their goal. Uh, with, Interesting. With one out of four raising uh, less than three percent over. Hmm. So. Interesting. So, as the goal size and duration goes up, the likelihood of success goes down. So. And then there's plenty of stats and uh, like uh, kinds of projects divided out by each individual city. Mm. But interesting enough, those four large projects in different categories that have that receive over ten times their goal, and that's in hardware, software, gaming, and product design. Yep. So, uh, so now that I think about it, is software and gaming aren't those two like technically one and the same? Uh, not according to Steam. Huh. So interesting. Uh, then again. You know, software will be more like apps, like iPhone apps and stuff. So, um, let's see. I think there's, let's see, with the exception of a single music and single art project, um, you know, uh, pretty much nothing else raised over ten times their goal. Hmm. So, interesting. Very. Another interesting thing is the post. Only 25% of projects are actually delivered on time. Yep, and... In With... Eight, go ahead. Let's see, and in eight, after eight months, 75% of products have been delivered. 
So mm. that's not bad. The larger the project, the more likely it will be delayed, and the longer it will be delayed. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Unexpected bugs. Well, the more a project is overfunded, the more likely there will be delays. And the more overfunded the project is, the later it delivers. Projects that are funded at ten times their goal are only half as likely to deliver at a given time compared to projects funded at their goal. So, you know, that that sort of makes sense because some of the um, stretch goals huh. aren't exactly planned in ahead of time. Correct. So, yep. Well, if everything's still is going as planned, then we should be getting um, net gain soon. Yep. And I and believe Star Citizen will be later in the year. I hope so, cause man, I'm not I'm not funding another Kickstarter until I start seeing some. And the only thing I've seen so far is Planet Explorer. Ah, and even that is behind by a month. Have you ever designed a RESTful API? Nope. Me neither. Do but... I know what it is? Nope. Okay. So, uh, REST is sort of... It pretty much decomposes HTTP. Um, yeah, it's, it allows programs and apps to talk to web servers in a more simple format rather than like huge XML files. You remember SOAP? Yes, I need to go buy some more soap. I mean, the XML web services soap. Oh. Okay, I was thinking SOA for a moment, but... Oh, well. So, yeah, remember that one project we did back in college for, uh, what's-his-face? Stephen? Yeah. Yeah, the one that I got you to do all the work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because apparently that's what you did back then. And I unfortunately can't really do that anymore. It's so hard to pass off work. So, my, how the times have changed. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, SOAP is, you know, basically involves a lot of XML being thrown around. Uh, whereas RESTful uh, tends to throw around plain text, HTML, and JSON a lot. So... And, uh, like, you know how web pages sometimes they have, like, uh, query parameters a mile long? Oh, man. So, what REST does is it tries to eliminate quite a bit of those and, you know, put it into the base URL. So, you know, if you've ever browsed around my blog... So... So, if you ever browsed around my blog, you never notice any, uh, HTTP query parameters, it's just the URL. Correct. And I thought, and I know that was good practice. I I know adding all that stuff on the end is bad practice. Yep. 
with with a few exceptions like search search parameters it makes it if you know the key it's just faster to type it out yep so and uh it uses the uh, http methods a lot better so you know uh about get and post right yep apparently there's stuff like uh patch delete put uh head and a couple of others. Yeah, I remember going through that list a long time ago. Yep. So uh, Rust makes extensive use of those. Hmm. So, and then the uh, URL is essentially nouns. So you say get this, and then there'd be like an HTTP header saying I want this in JSON or HTML or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. So, so and uh, here's uh, sort of a guide to uh, help you design that. Um, anyways, um, I believe I mentioned this before. Um, you know, the uh, HTML video codex. I believe we did, yes. So... The, uh, you know, there's, uh, H264, there's VP8, and apparently there's a VP9, there's, uh, HEVC, which is apparently H.265, and, uh, then there's, uh, Fiora, uh, which is the ziff.org's video format, and, uh, they're also working on a new one called Dala. So there's an explanation here about, you know, how it works and how video coding in general works. So, you know, if you remember how JPEG sort of does it, it, uh, you know, divides everything up into blocks and then does a sort of a zigzag over it and does a lot of frequency analysis on it. And that's pretty much how video is encoded as well. So, uh, the dollar format is and will always be royalty free with the permissive FOSS license. Yep. So, I believe uh, VP8 is uh, free for everyone to use for whatever because apparently Google bought off the uh, MPEG people. The MPEG? Yeah. <laughs> The uh, Motion Picture Experts Group, the uh, people behind H264, 265, and, like, apparently they're trying to gather, like, all their friends and companies and stuff that, uh, you know, had all these video patents, trying to make a patent pool for uh, VP8, and uh, apparently they weren't doing so well, and then Google said, you know, hey, um you going to do this or what? And apparently the MPEG people folded. And I'm I'm not sure if Google paid them or what. But yeah, <laughs> I think we talked about it too a uh, couple months ago. But yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Huh. Well, Dollar definitely looks good. Yep. So, Dala almost reminds me of Dalek. Hmm. Oh, yeah. well. Anyways, 
Have you heard Web GL likes to dance and loves to do algebra? Yeah, sort of like how uh, California people. I don't know about that. I thought they were mostly gangsters running away from earthquakes. Um, to me, California is nothing but a bunch of hipsters who like to sing and dance. Okay. So. I thought, I thought that was Pittsburgh. Oh, well, okay. I'm pretty sure there's some around here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got my fair share in not Kentucky. <laughs> so, um, WebGL is uh, pretty much 3D in web browsers. So, there's, uh, you know, if you're unfamiliar with how 3D in general works, um, this is a pretty good start to it. If you're unfamiliar with how 3D works, then you just need to open your eyes and well, look outside. How, excuse me, not how you know the world works, but how 3D is drawn onto a screen and onto a frame buffer, and how uh, you, how you take a bunch of coordinates and put them on a screen, and like how you know what the math behind it is. Like if you say rotate around a thing. Okay, so make make some sense. Yes, and then uh, there's also this accompanying presentation called "Making Things with Maths," and you know, I'm not exactly too good at you know algebra and you know calculus and stuff, but apparently, no one uh, I've never came across about how Bezier curves work, and this uh, making things with maths, like, actually shows you how they're calculated and, you know, sort of explains it in an animation, which I absolutely love. It looks really cool. Yeah. But that will be for another day. Yep. Moving on. I'll see also. Yeah, making things with maths. Hmm. So, Justin Jackson uh, suggests to start every web page with the words, or at least the content first, and think about the design and functionality of it later. So, he, uh... This is a web page. There's not much here. Just words, and you are reading them. Yep. I like this web page. Yep. Uh, we've become obsessed with fancy designs, responsive layouts, and scripts that do magical things. But the most powerful tool on the web is still words. So. I don't know. Those pictures and videos that we just saw are pretty amazing. Yes. So I think he's not necessarily worried about the words, but rather the content of things. So... Uh, he says that, I remember teaching my daughter to code HTML when she was eight. The first thing she wrote was a story about a squirrel. She wasn't, quote, writing HTML, unquote. She was sharing something with the world. She could not believe that something she wrote, uh, she could, she could write a story on our home computer, then publish it for the world to see. She didn't really care about the HTML. She cared about, she cared about sharing her stories. And you're still reading this. Huh. Cool. She wrote Hey, it looks like Squirrel. He even has an army vest on. <laughs> huh. 
So you know, I I love this web page. Makes me feel better about my crappy designs. So hey, and it's it has lots of white space and it has a white background. Hey, it looks like Apple.com. I'm sorry, what? It looks like Apple.com. Ah, uh, so we're getting food? No. <laughs> so, um, so imagine that you uh, call up some customer service guy. Uh, for some company that you buy service from, and he reads you your password. Do you notice a problem about this? Yeah. He's going to spend awfully a lot of time reading and then double-checking to make sure I got everything correctly, even though I'm social engineering him. Yeah. So this guy, uh, let's see, I think it was his mom, and... Uh, Apparently, she had got a new computer and wanted to set up her email and everything. And, uh, you know, she didn't, she, apparently everyone forgot the password. And, uh, you know, there's, apparently, I think it was registered in his dad's name. So he had to call and, you know, got, got past a few security questions and stuff. And, uh, you know, the the guy on the other end of the line apparently just read off the password. And he's huh. like, whoa, um, what? He's like, oh, don't worry, you know, I can I, I can see everyone's passwords, not just yours. Which doesn't make it better. <laughs> nope. So... And, uh, you know, he goes over explaining the importance of uh, salting and hashing passwords. So, yeah. <sighs> so, apparently, uh, when you're uh, programming for localization and internationalization, there's a few things that you can get wrong. Um, and apparently... You know, you would think that places only have one official names, but they don't. Um, uh, nor do uh, place names follow the character rules of, like, the language spoken there. And, you know, also keep in mind that more than one language can be spoken in one place. Correct. That's why we don't use the flag. So, you know, not only do... Uh, not only do they tend to not follow character rules, but they might have different character sets, too. So, so basically, don't program in any language but English. <laughs> um, let's that, see. Is, is that what we're boiling it down to? Mm, not quite. Um, let's see. For instance, what if you needed to send something to a, 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 a dam, apparently, in Geneva? Apparently well, there's a dam there, and it has two addresses, one in Switzerland and one in France. <laughs> so, and this is a general assumption, but it's not an absolute, that buildings can move. So, really? I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly sure, uh, like, why this would be a problem. It happens, like... So rarely that, you know, you could pretty much go in and do a database update when it happens. 
But I remember back in my hometown that, uh, like, there was a warehouse, you know, trying to be built, or I think it might have been a grocery store. Um, I never went in there after it happened. But, like, a house got moved down, like, 200 feet down a road. So. Okay, I'm just trying to picture this. How do you move a house without a portal? Um, apparently there's, like, uh, you jack up the house, and then you slide in, like, a few trailers underneath, and then you move it very slowly. So what happens when I have the basement? The new basement is dug at the place it'll be. Okay. So. You better hope the house is sturdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, also, apparently, the language codes uh, do not necessarily match the country code of the country they are associated with. The country code for Japan is JP, but the language code for Japanese is JA. So, yeah, keep that in mind when you're doing localization. Um, I don't have a plan on doing localizations. Well... I will keep it in mind when I actually, when life decides to throw an irony ball at me. Yeah, so yeah, for the rest of us that uh, do consumer-facing applications, um, like we're doing localization at work, and uh, apparently we're starting with Canada. So, you know, there's the you know U.S. site, which is all English. Then there's the Canadian site, which can be English or French. So, yeah, that's been kind of fun. Hmm. Sounds like it. Yep. So, so, how would you describe yourself? Ep- epically awesome, with no regards to anybody else's comments, except for the cute girls. Hmm. Epically awesome compared to what? Me, myself, and I. Hmm. Well, I suggest you stop using buzzwords to describe yourself. Why? Because it's annoying, and uh, it doesn't really compare yourself to anything. It doesn't really describe what you do. So, uh, picture this. You meet someone new. Uh, What do you do, she asks. You say, I'm an architect. Oh, really? Have you designed any buildings I've seen? And, you know, you go on... You know, whatever. Now, try something else. What do you do, she asks. You say, I'm a passionate, innovative, dynamic provider of architectural services with a collaborative approach to creating and blah, blah, blah. You know, that that, 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 that line right there sounds like something you use to in job interviews. Yeah. So, this also applies to, you know... In job interviews and, you know, putting text up on the web, you know, text that people want to read. So, a few buzzwords to stop using to describe yourself or your company or whatever. Um, innovative, world-class, authority, results-oriented, really? Um, global provider, motivated, creative, dynamic, guru creator, passionate, unique, incredibly 
something. Uh, Serial entrepreneur. Uh, strategist collaborative. Yes, Epically Awesome is not in that list. <laughs> um, although I'm pretty sure if he had extended this list, it would be number 17 and 18, respectively. <laughs> well, yeah. But, but you have to add a little bit of flow in, in a few job interviews, because if you just say, I'm an architect, that gives no, like... It sounds like you're just bored with your job. Hmm. Perhaps. So you just need to put in just a little bit of salt in there to make them want more and to ask you questions. Yeah. Oh, hi, kitty. Oh, yeah. Oh, princess. So, how would you not dis- not describe yourself? Um, let's see, I wouldn't use any of those words. You know, I say that I'm a programmer that I want to solve problems. You know, I primarily want to solve problems with code. Hmm. So, so, have you heard about the Amazon menu responsive being slow? Slow? Um, no. In fact, I heard it's quite fast. So, well, um, hmm. let's see. Let me try that out. So, this article here um, goes over how uh, fast uh, you know Amazon's dropdowns are, and. Uh, I mean, they take they it takes a few seconds for it actually to start. Yeah. So there's uh this thing called aiming, and that's you know if you go straight down on the menu, it'll change. But if you go sort of to the side, it'll stay there even though your mouse is over other things. Huh. So. Like, even though you hover over, say, books, music, and games, uh, then you move up a little and to the side, it doesn't automatically flip to books. Yeah, that's my roommate. Ignore. So, um, and there's plenty of other ways that you can fail on menus, but uh, Amazon's homepage is rather busy. I agree. It, it 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 takes a long time to actually actually um get get to where I need to. Yep. So and uh you know I think it was uh when someone there got fired and you know then they wrote about it and like it was apparently their user experience guy. And said, you know, hey, we need to simplify this, simplify this, simplify this. <clears throat> then uh, Jeff Bezos comes around, which is the CEO. He's like, no, we need to put all this junk on here. And the UX guy said, y- you know, my mom can't use Amazon. <laughs> and I'm not even sure if my mom can use Amazon. Hi, mom. Hi. So hi uh, to my mom, not your mom. Well, and hi to your mom too. Oh, curse you! 
So uh, I guess hi to you, mom. So uh, have you heard about Microsoft? Yes. What's new? Windows nine, ten? Nope. Nope. Um, so, Layoffs? Uh, possibly. So, uh-huh. so you know how you know Windows eight didn't exactly uh, meet with the warmest reception. Neither did Windows Vista. Well, but apparently people got over Vista. Um, and then, of course, the recently with the Xbox One and uh, the apparently the no one cares about used games mentality there. Mm. Seems, seems like uh, Steve Ballmer over there at Microsoft is uh, trying to shake things up and restructure everything. So, yeah, there's been, you know, of course, there's been departures over the years of, you know, high-ranking people there. But, um... Well, yeah. it is. Well, a, a lot of the people there were getting pretty old. Yep. You know, like Bill Gates, you know, why should we keep him around anymore? Yep. Um, so, um... Yeah, it looks like there might be some major shakeups there, um, and you know, like restructuring a few things. This apparently happened on July first, uh, the exact same day that Google Reader will die. So sad. <laughs> yeah. So maybe uh, Microsoft will get better. I highly doubt it. So we'll see. But. In the meantime, hipsters lose their sh- sh- <laughs> their pants. Yeah, let's go with their pants. I'm definitely not saying that word. <laughs> Ruby's on Rail 4 has been released. So, yeah, if uh, you have any web apps on Ruby, you're interested in Ruby on Rails... 4.0 is out, so go get that. Yep. Meanwhile, I'll try to decipher what in the world to do with Java EE 7. <laughs> I'm still doing database, so I'm actually impressing quite a bit of people with my database knowledge at work. Nice. Yeah. So, so you know everything about Prism, well, almost. So... Apparently, back in 2008, some guy was convincing their European office to move everything into Google Apps and into Salesforce. Uh, but the guy over in the Czech office, um, you know, disagreed. No, you will put a server in your office and we'll use the applications uh, from there. Um, then he pushed back saying about how hosted solutions you know, are the thing over here in America, and they're commonly used. But then the Czech guy sent him an email uh, highlighting the terms and conditions that would, you know, that he didn't really like. Um, but uh, over there, apparently they're a lot more suspicious of their government due to, you know, something called communism. Apparently it was a thing back in, like, the 80s and 70s and stuff. Hmm. So, um, let's see, um, you know, 
the Czech guy went on to make a point, you know, as written, someone could go into our account, take information, and we would never know. If we have a server, uh, they would at least have to come and get it. Uh, we would know that the information was out there, and then we could decide what to do next. Um, uh, then this guy apparently pushed back, saying, you know, the things don't work that way in America. There's judicial oversight, warrants, and blah, blah, blah. The Czech guy then responded, On one hand, I'm glad you have grown up in an environment where you're able to trust your government. And on the other, I'm sorry to tell you that governments can change. <laughs> so that's another blow to the, oh, I have nothing to hide. It's like, well, really, I mean, laws are enacted all the time, and they tend to stay around forever. Sadly. So, For example, did you know it's illegal to hunt whales in Utah? Really? Yeah. Considered a major offense. We need to stand up for their rights as yes, whalers. Yes, do. I mean, I mean, with all the sea level rise happening, it will only be a matter of time before there's a Utah Riviera. In fact, my hometown has already built the lighthouse for so when that happens. Nice. <laughs> Oh, prism. It almost sounds like prison. Yes. How prism, odd. Prism, prison. How odd. Yeah. So. So, yeah, have you heard about uh, Edward Snowden and his job? Um, wasn't he? No. So, apparently now that he's been fired, he can talk about it all that he wants to. But nice. but he apparently he said that he got the job at Booz Allen Hamilton uh, to gather evidence on what the NSA is doing. So he pretty much went there to leak info. So hmm. that's uh, rather interesting that he had this sort of you know planned out from the start. Oh well, interesting. So, so this wasn't really as a surprise to him. So, uh, apparently he is also on the move. Um, he was in, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Hong Kong, uh, for a couple weeks and when he, uh, leaked the, uh, info. But, uh, apparently he's on the move and he's going to somewhere like Ecuador. Uh, but right now he's stuck in Russia. So... Well, Russia is very big, so... Uh, apparently he's right in Moscow, actually. Never mind. <laughs> so, so yeah, the uh, U.S. State Department is telling everyone around the world, don't let this guy go anywhere, we need to get him, and please send out your guys to go get him. Um, but Putin is, you know, over there, and he's saying, "What? why should we do this? You know... This is, you know, this is a foreigner who hasn't done anything wrong um, to us. And uh, no, you're not getting him through us. We're not going and getting him. So apparently he's okay in Russia. Hmm. This, po this political comic is pretty cute. So where do you see yourself in five years' time? And please don't say... 
Ecuador. Yep. So, which is weird. Just tonight, I I found out that Ecuador is not spelled with a Q, but a C. Interesting. So, and right now I'm seeing flashes of lightning, so if you hear something crash and me go out. Sounds uh, good. But remember, today is International Back of Awareness Day. Every day is International Back of Awareness Day, so back up your stuff. And if you would like to contact us, please go to thenexus.com, click on the show note and the show notes, and leave a feedback. Now for the rest of the podcast. That sounds good. <laughs> so, just in case if we cut out, you can just start editing and we'll just take the rest and dump it over to next week. Sounds good. So, anyways, um, it's sort of futile with uh, the NSA going after Skype and Gmail and Facebook and stuff because apparently real terrorists don't use them. I would certainly hope not. I mean, so, when was the last time you seen a terrorist send a Gmail? Hey, want to do this and this? <laughs> hey, I tried to bait the NSA like that. <laughs> yeah, so, how how did that go for you? Um, apparently, uh, one lady I hadn't talked to in a while, um, was sort of like, "Okay, that's odd. I'm pretty sure you don't have a younger brother." <laughs> so, so I called her up and we talked about it and we all had a good laugh. Okay, that's good. So, yeah, ever and, remember? And, and you and you did get my response back, right? Yep. Uh that was awesome. So, um, apparently, my life for Alla Ayer. Ayer. So. <laughs> So, yeah, I remember, like, there being news reports and stuff about, uh, like, terrorists and stuff. They were mostly hanging out in uh, forums, like, underground forums. So, and that is definitely not Google or Skype, Facebook, whatever. Nope. So, yeah, they're, NSA is pretty much wasting their time. Indeed. But they, like... Maybe this entire thing is just to stalk his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so, yeah, have you heard about water complaints? Mm, besides, uh... Actually, yes, I have heard about water complaints. Yeah, there's uh, actually tons of them around here in Pennsylvania. Uh, but apparently down in Tennessee... Uh, you can be labeled as a terrorist because you complain about your water quality. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so apparently uh, the government doesn't like you complaining about their water. So You know, I think within the next 10 to 20 years, the U.S. government's going to collapse upon itself. Maybe, or at least default. So, yep. man, I can really hear the thunder. Yep. So, I, I believe it is heading in this direction, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, all up and down the not Kentucky River Valley. So, and uh, of course, the water quality in some places here in Pennsylvania is really odd because apparently some people can light their tap water on fire. 
<laughs> really? You, you, yes, you've seen YouTube videos of that? No. Yeah, people, you know, they just turn on their kitchen faucet, put a match next to it, and it lights up like a torch. It's because of the uh, natural gas fracking. Like, that's actually natural gas coming in through the pipes. Huh. That's not good. So, yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, so, Matt Mahoney uh, gathers up a lot of uh, data compression stuff. And uh, here's a page with pretty much every popular uh, data compression format. So everything from compressing text to, you know, like general data compression to, you know, image and video and audio compression. Interesting. Yep. This is pretty much a treasure trove here. Looks like it. So, I mean, this page is like really long. So it goes quite a bit in depth, too. Ooh, nice. So, anyways, you can go ahead and read that on your uh, your own time. But, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of appreciation going out here. So, you know VLC, right? E- the media download? Yep. Yep. So, apparently there's a, an experimental 64-bit version of that for Windows. Um... I see. I'm using it, uh, you know, for a while. I've been using it for almost a week now, and it seems to do okay. Except when I go and play some Blu-ray rips with it, it tends to stutter a little bit. Hmm. So hopefully they can get that fixed. Oh man! I keep looking outside, seeing if. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, you have to time it just right. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, you haven't done your evil laugh for a while, so I understand. Uh, it helps. So, if, it helps if there's phlegm in my throat. Yep. So this week's podcast feedback: Ryan, after being absent for nearly two, maybe three weeks. Uh, I think it's been actually longer. Maybe a month or two. I'm pretty sure it's not two months. Uh, maybe. But, um, yeah, Ryan, uh, Ryan heard about the CD Baby in iTunes. He thought it was kind of interesting, as did I. Two. Apple error and machines. I don't think Apple error is ever over in that sense. I think the area of skyrocketing growth has slowed down. But from a profit perspective, Apple makes more in iPhone sales than all of Android vendors sales and computer sales. Their growth would continue while the PC industry declines slowly. But where Apple's growth is, is slowing is an interim of profit or unit share, but a mind share and crazed popularity. So, yeah, but crazed popularity is what has historically fueled Apple, and they might not survive without it. So if you look back at the 90s, and today with their declining stock price and their Android copycatting, 
Especially with iOS 7, it kind of proves it. Hmm. So, uh, Ryan asks, what's wrong with Apple hardware? Sure, it's overpriced, I agree, but does anyone else make the same products for lower cost? Um, then he goes on saying about his MacBook Air and how he would really wish that uh, PC vendors would make something like a MacBook Air. Um, so, and uh, when someone does that and shows me that, that he would buy one. Um... Likewise, I think it's funny that someone buys a $1,500 iMac that's so powerless when you could buy a nice $200 IPS monitor and a $1,200 tower, um, mm. and so on, but people do anyway. And I say that no other company has turned a trash can into a computer. <laughs> it even st still looks like a trash can. <laughs> and yep. as, as for the $1,500 iMac, well, see the crazed popularity. Yep. Trackpad. Trackpads are hard. Video promised to bring you know, I can't I can't do these these comments as well as you. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, I'm just butchering it. So I remember on the gadget show, uh, I forget how long ago it was, maybe two months ago, uh, that they were trying uh Vizio, you know, the T V people? Yep. Um, they were trying to make a laptop, and apparently one of their things was, hey, we're going to do uh, trackpads a lot better. Uh, but apparently they didn't get there yet. Uh, Ryan says uh, about the zip codes, about entering them, that is annoying. That's a really poor implementation of place generalizations. I guess that's why they use those extra digits. And, you know, I don't even know my zip plus four. Uh, nor do most people, I imagine. I know my zip code, but not those extra four digits. Um, yeah, same here. So, uh, Ryan says he never understood the issues surrounding the body scanners. Um, and he says, you know, if people have a creepy mind, they can imagine you anyway. Um... So then he says that uh, apparently Ryan hasn't flown anywhere since he was in elementary school when he took a vacation to California. See? Sing and dance, you hipster! <laughs> but apparently all he had to do was take the sh his shoes off and just walk through a metal detector at the airport. Well, the, the body scanners, you can, you can just, I believe, you still take off his shoes, but... From, from, okay, here in, around, not Kentucky, it's just random people selected to go through the body scanner if they only have one. But it is much, much faster than traditional, like, metal detectors because, like, pacemakers, um, knee surgeries, those items are visible on the, in, in the scanner, so you can see, oh, it's the pacemaker. So they don't need to go over there with a wand and find out where that metal is. Sir, you have a knife in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, Ryan says that you need to do Skrull Girl voice again. I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about there. Oh, uh, I think that was when I was coughing and my voice went really, really high or something. Mm, maybe. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Is this better? 
Yeah, I know that's not happening again. So, um, apparently Verizon Wireless is owned uh, partially by Vodafone, and T-Mobile is pretty much all Deutsche Telekom. So that's and just, it's irrelevant because... Um, that's why the NSA doesn't exactly uh, spy on those, perhaps. Mm, okay. The so, NSA. Yep. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Ryan says uh, about the uh, body scanner and the NSA stuff... Um, like the argument against the body scanners, um, if that argument did work, uh, would it make a good case for not changing how the NSA does what it does? I hope it works, but I also hope that it makes people think it's, uh, let's see, I hope it works, but I also hope it does not make people think it is okay for the NSA to do what it does. So, um, I don't, well, I mean, it would be, you know, I can definitely see the parallels between the body scanners and the and what the NSA is doing. So, well, how? Because the body scanners affect the public, and there was no uh, debate about you know installing them into all the airports. Likewise, there was no debate over the NSA going through everyone's Gmail. Yes, but it, isn't the airport government-owned land in the first place? So the government can do what they wish to it? Perhaps. Um, but then there's also the right of the American public to actually fly. Yes, I actually have come across a portion of the law that says Americans have a right to fly. So... If they, they have a right to fly safely, I mean... I mean... Come on. I, I'm not going to carry a bar and be like, I have a right to fly. <laughs> well, unless you want to get beaten or something. Hey. So. It says I have a right to fly. Yeah. So let me let me and my bomb on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this bomb is just a poodle. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-oh. Phone call. Uh, sorry about that. Boss is just wanting me to run reports before I turn tonight at 8 o'clock. All right. Well, I suppose I shall let you get doing to that. No, no, no. I, I told them I'd be in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm in no hurry to get writing this. Well, uh, let's see. That seems to be it for the podcast. So, let's see. I guess you will be doing writing reports or running reports or something. Both. So, in meanwhile, uh, let's see, this Saturday my dad is coming over and we're, <laughs> and we're going to Heinz Field for a tour. So, oh, cool. So, we'll be going downtown where the Stillers are at. I kind of funny downtown where the steel is at. Yeah, that's... You think steel would be out in the country. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, that seems to be just about it. So, um... I guess I'll be probably playing Fallout New Vegas. You know, I tried playing Fallout New Vegas again, and man, it was boring. I know. 
it it takes a while for you to get into it, but um, like I remember last time I played it, I played maybe half of it. Yeah, so. it's so it's once you get to Vegas, it's like great. Now what? Yeah, you're there. You've accomplished everything. Yep. So, oh well. Uh, any any updates on Fallout Four? Uh, nope. It wasn't shown at E3, nor was it talked about, and officially it has not been announced. Okay. So, but you know that they're definitely working on something. Oh, yeah. But so. I kind of wish they'd come up with a new original idea. Fallout in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or no, Fallout Blood Dragon. <laughs> That would be... I, I, I think Mass Effect Blood Dragon would be better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, after all, there's like a bajillion planets out there. You know, some of them have to have laser-shooting dinosaurs on them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, well, take care. All right, you two. Have a big, have a big one or something.